Be sure to tune into Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much, much more. On her new radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues, as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration laws or are notable immigrants themselves. Check out her new show, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Immigration with Tamina Watson on Daisy 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. Good morning, Seattle. This is Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 AM. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I hope you had a wonderful Labor Day weekend, a three-day weekend, and perhaps your children have started school today if they didn't start last week. You know, it never um, stops to surprise me how as soon as the weekend, I mean, as soon as the school season begins, the weather starts to get really bad. So I don't know about you, but this morning waking up was really hard. It was very dark and uh, cold and um, damp. But I hope you managed to get your children to school on time and took those first day school pictures. Well, today is a really wonderful day for being uh, on the show, and I hope you will enjoy the show today because we have a wonderful guest joining us in a little bit. But to remind those who are just joining us for the first time, this show is all about immigration. I know nothing else but immigration, so I find every opportunity to talk about immigration issues. This show is about um, news updates on immigration, as well as talking to people who are making a difference in immigration laws, as well as those immigrants who are making a difference in America. Uh, Our show is every Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning. The show is repeated on Fridays at 12.30 p.m., Pacific Standard Time, and the show is then um, archived on SoundCloud on my profile. So if you would like to see, listen to some of our previous shows, uh, please tune in to um, SoundCloud and see what show grabs your attention. I hope you had a nice long weekend. You know, mine was very interesting, exciting, and just wonderful. I just came back from D.C. I was there in, um, on Friday and Saturday. Washington, D.C. On Friday, I had the distinct privilege and pleasure of being at the House of Congress, uh, the Rayburn House of Congress, where we were able to screen uh, the movie that I keep talking about, For Hero to Go. And with the movie director, Rishi Bilwadikar, and myself, we were able to um, show the movie to a lot of um, staff members and influencers in the Washington, D.C. area. A huge thank you goes to Congressman Adam Smith, who helped us put on the show. Um, A huge thank you goes to Unshackled, as well as to Forward.us. And, of course, my friend and mentor, Joel Padgett, who is always encouraging and supporting me in the causes that I support. Um, The DC movie was wonderful because uh, a lot of lawmakers that we would like to understand the issues um, on immigration uh, reform, high-skilled immigration and the startup visa uh, were able to attend and really appreciate the show. Uh, I will be writing about it on my blog, so I hope you will log on to the website at some point this week and learn about what happened at the screening. But secondly, I was there to speak at an event which is very close to my heart. It is um, called the Women's Empowerment Committee. 
and it is an, uh, under the umbrella organization of the Federation of Bangladeshi Associations of North America. And this event was the 30th annual Fawana um, con- convention that was held at the Sheraton Pentagon City Hotel, where people from all over the country and actually internationally uh, attended. And there were thousands, I'd say five to 6,000 at least uh, Bangladeshis from around the world, uh, mostly from America, had joined. Um, my event for the Women's Empowerment Committee was, a, in fact, a seminar. Uh, And the Women's Empowerment Committee is really to help uh, Bangladeshi women um, to be empowered. Uh, What did I speak about at the event? I spoke about... um, Immigration issues for women who are victims of domestic violence, particularly. And the three options that I spoke about were the I-751 waiver. That is, if you come to the United States as a spouse of a U.S. citizen and you need to remove your conditions, but your your marriage perhaps has not continued, how can you get a green card um, using the waiver option? Uh, the second option that I spoke about was uh, the VAWA, Violence Against Women's Act option, which is for people who are married to a green card holder or a U.S. citizen, but their applications were never filed, uh, applications for a green card. And what are their options to get their status in the United States? And finally, I spoke about the U visa option, which is perhaps most used for people who are victims of domestic violence uh, and their spouses are perhaps on a temporary work visa in the U.S. and are not uh, green card holders and uh, U.S. citizens. So these two options, uh, these three options were very well received. We had a wonderful audience. Um, There were non-profit organizations uh, from around the country that were in attendance and some newer organizations that had just been set up who are learning how to network and get um, more people to collaborate with. So those were two uh, very interesting events that I attended, and I will be blogging about those. I hope you will go to our website, www.watsonimmigrationlaw.com, to learn more about those, because um, these two events will have some more uh, information in the future in which I will be participating so uh, if you have just tuned in, this is Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 AM. This show is Immigration with Tamina and talking about all things immigration. Last week, we spoke about the brand new proposed rules about international entrepreneurs. And um, the rules are called essentially entrepreneurial parole. And a quick reminder about the rules. The rule is essentially based upon existing law, existing law that is essentially a parole, uh, which is traditionally used for humanitarian and medical grounds. But there is a, a, a section in that law that refers to significant public benefit. So if somebody is coming to the U.S. that will bring significant public benefit to the United States, that person can get a parole. So the administration has used that particular prong of that particular law to allow entrepreneurs to come to the United States. They will be essentially uh, proving that they have potential for rapid growth in the U.S. for their company and that they will be creating jobs. Uh, 
Now, what are these rules? Uh, the, the rules uh, were essentially published to the Federal Register uh, last week. And there are 45 days to comment on these rules. I would encourage you to go and uh, read my blog, which has a very detailed summary on the rules that will give you um, detailed guidance on who can qualify to be an entrepreneur, whose money can be used to back your company, how much time you will have to be in the U.S., how you can renew the parole and for how long, and um, in what situations will you lose the privilege of this parole. Now, what's interesting is um, I wrote an article uh, in the Seattle Globalist. I hope you will go and look at it. It was published last week. Um, and that article was uh, picked up in Australia, I noticed. And this topic has been um, internationally welcomed, actually, because entrepreneurs around the country want to be in the United States. So it's, it's really interesting to see how um, much praise at his, it has garnered uh, throughout the world, not only in America, but as far away as, as Australia, but also in Europe and other places. Um, you know, I had a discussion over the weekend with somebody who said, well, you know, what about if my Uncle Joe gave me a lot of money and I could get the, the parole to come into the U.S.? And my answer to them was the entrepreneurial parole has uh, a lot of um, cross-referencing and uh, checks, checks and balances. So if your Uncle Joe has, does not meet the criteria of what a qualified U.S. investor is or a qualified angel investor, uh, they probably would not be able to invest in your company. So it's, it is interesting to see that while this entrepreneurial parole will absolutely help a lot of genuine uh, entrepreneurs who want to be in the U.S., it has checks and balances to counter fraud allegations uh, that could come up. So who is a U.S. qualified investor? Somebody who has um, a venture capital company that uh, has invested uh, in previous uh, startups that have generated a certain amount of revenue, but also have uh, created a certain amount of jobs. The venture capital company must be um, controlled by a U.S. citizen or a green card holder. Um, if you, if the investor is, a, is an angel investor, um, so if the angel investor would essentially... Um, the angel investor would essentially have to prove that they have also uh, invested in startups that have created uh, jobs and generated uh, revenue. So what's interesting is that um, when I envision a package that I'm sending to the USCIS, I envision a package that will essentially look like an H-1B package with various sections of how the entrepreneur will prove that they are controlling the company. So a section will be about their um, participation in the business. Uh, a section will be about how they are going to be actively operating the business. 
And then the other section will be about uh, the investor himself or the company itself and how they are indeed qualified. Um, the last section will be, um, there are, well, there will be many sections, but it will look like an H-1B visa application, and I'll talk about that soon. So I think our guest has just joined. Doug, are you there? Yes. Doug, thank you so, so much for joining us. I'm so sorry you had some trouble calling in. But before we chat to you, I want to introduce you properly. Listeners, we have an honorable guest today, and I'm so um, incredibly honored and flattered that he will join us and accept the invitation to join the C1250 today. Doug Rand is the Assistant Director for Entrepreneurship at the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy, where his focus is on startup America initiatives and efforts to promote entrepreneurship around the country. Prior to working at the White House, Doug served as co-founder and CEO of the innovative publishing company PlayScripts Inc., as well as a co-founder of the review aggregator stage grade. He is a gra- graduate of Yale Law School and the Yale School of Management and received master's and undergraduate degrees from Harvard, where he studied evolutionary biology. As a writer, Doug's plays have been performed worldwide, and he has published numerous articles covering subjects from theater economics to electro- electoral politics to in- insect evolution. Thank you, Doug, for being here. How are you? Great. Thanks, Timmy, for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I can't wait. We we have so much to talk about, but less time. So I'm just going to dive into it. I hope that's okay. So congratulations Great. on getting the rules out. Finally, it was anticipated by me, but also by all of America, but also internationally. And I spoke about the rules in detail um, on my show last week and a little bit today. Are you relieved that the rules are out? Well, I, I think it's a really important milestone, and a lot of people, uh, particularly at the Department of Homeland Security, put a great deal of really thoughtful work into this proposal, and I really appreciate that. Well, you know, for your, yourself personally and for this administration, entrepreneurship has been very important. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about why this has been such a topic for, for the administration and for yourself? Sure. Well, I mean, it's no secret that uh, immigrants to the United States tend to be strivers and entrepreneurs, and that's true in communities all across the country, not just in Silicon Valley. And we need to continue attracting the world's best and brightest entrepreneurs to start the next great generation of companies and create jobs here in the United States. Uh, As you know, of course, immigrant entrepreneurs have always made exceptional contributions to our economy, uh, and studies have shown this in numerous different ways. I'll just cite a few, I think, pretty impressive stats. Immigrants in the U.S. are more than twice as likely to start a business here as the native-born. Immigrants have co-founded as many as one out of every four high-tech startups all across the country, and that number rises to as high as uh, the majority of high-tech startups in Silicon Valley. A study came out recently showing that over half of the unicorns in America, that is private companies worth more than a billion dollars, have an immigrant founder, and about half of those founders first came to the U.S. as international students. And then, of course, uh, studies show that more than 40% of the Fortune 500 companies uh, were founded by immigrants or the children of immigrants, and they employ collectively more than 10 million people worldwide and generate annual revenue north of $4 trillion. So for all of these reasons, uh, it's important to uh, really attract the best and brightest entrepreneurs to start and scale their companies here. 
Well, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. And thank you for sharing those astounding statistics. It's a no brainer that uh, we should have had something like this before. But you have worked very hard to have some very um, uh, rigorous rules out there. And, you know, when I read the rules in detail, it was absolutely clear that a lot of research and time went behind this. Can you explain to our listeners a little bit about the process that went behind the rules to be published? Sure, I'd be happy to. And really, I think the story starts at the very beginning of uh, President Obama's administration. He's always been committed to attracting the best and brightest entrepreneurs to start the next great companies here in the U.S. And that's why creating a startup visa for international entrepreneurs has always been part of the president's common sense immigration reform principles and was part of the bipartisan immigration bill that passed the Senate in 2013. Uh, So while there's no substitute for legislation, uh, the administration's continuing to take action where possible and consistent with current law to fix our cur- current broken immigration system. So the Department of Homeland Security has advanced one of these administrative actions by publishing the proposed rule you talked about, the International Entrepreneur Rule, uh, to enhance immigration options for entrepreneurs to innovate and create jobs here in the United States. This draft rule that was just published officially last week describes a new process for Department of Homeland Security, or DHS, to consider on a case-by-case basis when to temporarily allow certain promising startup founders to begin growing their companies within the United States. And I know you've you've gone into a great deal of detail, uh, both on your blog and and, and on the show, so I won't go into much more detail about about the particular criteria unless you would like to. But as far as the process, once this rule is ultimately finalized, it's going to provide much needed clarity for entrepreneurs who have been validated by American investors and government entities or other criteria. And we'll be working very hard to finalize this regulation as soon as possible. Well, that's uh, very interesting to know. So what you're saying is the Department of Homeland Security worked with you very closely to publish these rules. Um, It looked like there was a lot of research that went into it. So if there was somebody who was skeptical about it, you can back up every requirement, it seems, from Kaufman reports and various other news articles. Um, Can you comment a little bit about that? Because so much thought went into it. I was was very um, taken by how much thought went into it to make sure that these rules would be implementable. Well, I'm glad to hear you say that. Again, really hats off to all of the folks at the Department of Homeland Security who worked so hard on doing this. There's a team of policy people and economists and lawyers and others uh, who really uh, uh, spent a lot of time and effort drafting this. And as you can see, uh, it cites to the literature uh, throughout the the proposal to really try to back up uh, everything about this draft rule with with real data um, and, and and putting in the context of the realities of starting a company in the U.S. today. Well, fabulous. Well, I have to tell you, I was very pleasantly um, surprised at how well this was drafted, how implementable it is, and of course, it can be even better. So now that the rules are out, what happens next? Sure. So first, this proposed rule will stay open for public comments for 45 days. So that period closes on October 17th. And during that period, stakeholders have the ability to provide really valuable feedback to DHS. After DHS has reviewed all of those comments and made changes as appropriate, the final rule uh, will be published in the Federal Register, and that would take effect soon after. So who are you hoping to hear from? 
Well, this proposed international entrepreneur rule, like any notice of proposed rulemaking, is truly open to every member of the public who wants to provide feedback. That could include entrepreneurs, investors, startup accelerators, universities, also regional economic development organizations and other stakeholders, really anyone who wants to weigh in on the ultimate outcome of this rule. So, you know, you'd be interested to know that I've had some emails from people around the country, I mean, actually internationally, and one person um, is an Italian uh, citizen who's living somewhere else in Europe, and he wanted to uh, put in some comments. Would somebody like that be allowed to comment on the rules? I believe so. Again, it, it, it's really open. Uh, if you do a web search for international entrepreneur rule, I believe the Federal Register page is the top result. And that's where you can read the entire 150-page text of the proposal and, uh, and also click on a button to submit a formal comment. Fantastic. Now, um, my, you will likely get, I don't know, a zillion comments. Does every comment get read? Uh, well, the Department of Homeland Security does review all the comments that get submitted. And I think if you look at other recent immigration rules that went through this same process, uh, I'd like to take two examples, the H-4 rule, which is for spousal work authorization, or the OPT STEM rule for on-the-job training for foreign students. You'll see that DHS takes this task really seriously, and any final rule includes a lengthy and detailed description of the stakeholders' comments from the draft rule, along with how these comments inform various changes between the draft rule and the final rule. Um, so if the past is any guide, I think you'll see, you'll see that, uh, that same process play out here. Um, and I, I should also add for your listeners, if you dig into that draft international entrepreneur rule itself, you'll see that DHS provides some tips on preparing public comments, and it's really worth reiterating, reiterating them here. Um, the most helpful comments are as specific as possible and, uh, and to the extent possible backed up by, by data. So be as specific as you can and back it up by data if you're making any comments. So that's very, very helpful to reiterate. Um, when do you expect the final rules to come out then? Well, we'll be working hard uh, to finalize this regulation as soon as we possibly can. Again, the, the 45 days uh, is the time for public comments, and then after that, there's a process for, uh, for DHS to uh, not only review all those comments, but uh, respond to them and, and, and adjust as, as appropriate. So I, I don't want folks to think that after 45 days, the final rule will, will immediately appear. There's going to be... Uh, going to need to be some time beyond that to uh, to really take all of those comments into account. Wonderful. Well, just uh, we've got only a couple of minutes left. Does Congress still, still need to take action? Well, absolutely. There's, like we said before, there's no substitute for legislation. And really, only Congress can create a full startup visa that's designed for entrepreneurs, like the new startup visa categories that were included in that bipartisan Senate bill that passed the Senate in 2013. Uh, it's, it's worth it's worth pausing for a moment to just remember that the, the Congressional Budget Office, which is a nonpartisan uh, uh, office in Congress, estimated that enacting the Senate's common sense immigration reform bill in total would increase real GDP by roughly $1.4 trillion and reduce the federal budget deficit by nearly $850 billion in its first 20 years while raising American wages. So the cost of inaction is truly, truly overwhelming. Well, I, I am so glad you said that and reminded our listeners. Um, before we say goodbye, any final words that you might want to offer our listeners? Sure. I, I would just say once again that these public comments really can make a difference. And I'd encourage all of your listeners to dig into that full text of the proposed international entrepreneur rule, 
see the questions that the Department of Homeland Security is asking the general public and make sure that you have your say. Well, thank you so much, Doug. It's been an absolute honor and pleasure to have you on the show. Um, thank you on behalf of myself, um, behalf of the listeners and the SE1250 for joining us. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Take care. Well, listeners, that was Doug Rand, um, Assistant Director of Entrepreneurship from the White House. Such an honor to have him on the show today. As you um, heard him say, there's uh, no substitute to legislation. However, these rules will um, make a big difference to entrepreneurship and public comments can make a real difference. So if you are an entrepreneur, if you are an investor, if you are any way, shape or form involved in the startup, um, ecosystem, please take a look at my blog with the detailed summary of uh, the new rules. Take a look at the link on my blog for the Federal Register in which the, pub- the proposed rules have been published and really take some time to um, think about this and provide comments on how the rules can be better. Make sure that you follow the tip that was given us. Be specific about your comment uh, as well as back it up with data. Thank you so much again to Doug Rand for joining us. Um, Thank you to the listeners for joining us as well. I hope you have a wonderful short week because the week started today. And I will look forward to speaking with you next week on Tuesday. Thank you so much. This is Tamina on Immigration with Tamina on Desi 1250 AM. Thank you. Bye-bye.